Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have Christine Dare, who is Tampa Family Law Royalty. She is one-third of Harris Hunt and Durr, probably one of the classiest law firms that we have in the area. I've known her for as long as I've been practicing law in Tampa. In fact, I remember having a trial with you very early on over in Clearwater, um, and you've just always been a class act. And so I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show today. Happy to talk to you about your career and, and kind of how you arrived where you're at now with Joe and, and Nancy. Thank you. Um, I, I'm really thrilled to be here, um, Josh, and I'm um, I'm a fan of your podcast. And um, of, of course, we've known each other a long time. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here today. How long have you been in practice? Because when did, when did you graduate law school? I graduated from law school in 2003, so law was a second career for me. I what was did you one do of the older that? ones. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do before that? Uh, before that, I did uh, sales and marketing. I was a national sales manager for a giftware manufacturer. Oh, so, wow. Uh, it, based out of um, Los Angeles, so I traveled uh, uh, probably... 250 days a year. Oh my God. Were you living in Los Angeles primarily or? I was at that time. And I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, That was a great time to, um, you know, to travel when you're in your twenties. I wasn't married yet. Where (laughs) are you from originally? I'm from California. Oh, you are? Whereabouts in California? Northern. I'm from San Francisco area. Oh, God. So I grew up in California. I was born in San Francisco, grew up, uh, grew up in California, went to undergrad in California at California, in fact, California, oh, wow. Berkeley. Oh, wow. And then um, um, I ended up out here when I married my husband. How was it growing up in San Francisco? Well, I didn't grow up in San okay. Francisco. I grew the up Bay in, the, area in, the, or? in the Bay Area. It is a, it's a great place to grow up. It's I, a great place to grow up. It seems like a fantasy land to me for just a number of reasons. Number one, the temperature is amazing. Number two, you've got Sonoma and Napa right over the bridge. Number three, and you don't have to comment on this if you don't want to, but politically, I align very well with a lot of the people over there in San Francisco. Uh, and just the culture, the, the, the cuisine, the nightlife, I mean, it's just so much going on for it. Uh, there is. It's a, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to grow up. It's, um, you know, it's, ex- it's expensive. Super expensive. That's, yeah. that's, that's the downside. Were you, uh, are you the first attorney in the family? Or? Yeah, first I, attorney in the family. Okay, what yep. did your parents do? Uh, my parents both worked. My mom uh, was a secretary for Merrill Lynch okay. for 30 years. My dad worked for the phone company. Oh, really? Yeah. And are they still around? Or? They're still around. Uh. My mom is 80. My dad's 86. Okay, well, yeah. they're relatively young parents. I mean, my I, dad, yeah. I'm, my, I, I'm fortunate to have them both, and they're both in, in relatively good, good, good health. health. Yeah. And what about siblings? Yeah, I have a brother. He lives in Pennsylvania. What's he um, do? He works in a factory okay. making, making batteries. So grew up high school, elementary school, all that in California? In California, yeah. Did you get yeah. to go surfing or do anything cool? Did you go hiking out in the woods? Or, I mean, was there, did you? A lot of, as a family, we, you know, we had modest means and my parents both appreciated the outdoors. So we camped a lot. Oh, really? So we took, um, we, we drove in a camper just my mom and my dad, my brother and I, from San Francisco down through uh, Baja, California, oh, all wow. the way when the Pacific when the highway it just opened, there, yeah. yeah, 
all the, the PCA, so, PCH is it? Yes, yeah, yeah. but it went it went all the way to uh, all the way down to La Paz in Baja, and then we took a ferry over to Mazatlan and drove all the way back. So oh and then God. all up in um, what's the big woods up there? The yeah, there's uh, the Muir Woods, yeah, and um, um, Yosemite. Uh, but we went all over. We went to uh, Idaho, Oregon, Washington. Uh, we camped in Montana, Flathead oh, Lake. Wow. Like th- that's what we did. That's is that is that something you're still passionate about now? Do you do that with your family at all? Or uh, unfortunately, um, we we talk about it a lot. But no, we we tend to stay in hotels yeah. <laughs> when we well, travel. No, I, I, I get it. I get it for sure. I, I yeah, the the. The dream of camping and the reality of camping, sometimes they don't always line up. You it's know? true. I, I really loved it, though. And as I got older, I backpacked a lot in um, Yosemite. It's a beautiful place. But, um, but uh, you know, it, here I, I just – we do travel as a family. We typically take an international trip per year. Yeah. But um, not this year, of course. Well, of course. And also just living in Florida, camping is a different animal entirely. Different. You know, mosquitoes – insane humidity and heat it's you gotta you gotta be committed to it but um so uh after after did you go straight to college from high school yes i did and you went to berkeley i went to berkeley what was your major there i was a history major oh really and an english minor why history i just always liked history i love reading i like writing did your dad was your dad into world war ii yeah it's funny you said that yeah he loved he loved world war ii he served in the navy Uh, you gotta have him watch have you seen the greyhound movie the new greyhound tom hanks movie no i have not seen it yet but i want to see that he would love it it's it's a destroyer in the battle of the atlantic for world war ii and my dad was in the navy a little bit later and my dad was 80 when he passed two years ago, so that he's about the same age as your dad. He he was in Africa, but the Battle of Atlantic and it's crazy. I, you know, I I don't love being out at the ocean or in a plane and watching what these guys went through is crazy. But anyway, if you're it history, is crazy. My brother was on a destroyer, so was he I really? think he would really like that. Yeah, yeah. you got you got to have them watch it. So anyway, um, you were a history major, and what else? Yeah, uh, English. English, so perfectly mm-hmm. set up for law school. Yeah, though I wasn't exactly thinking that at the time. I just thought I'd take a couple years off and then go to grad school, work for a little while. Right. And um, and then, you know, just got caught up in my career. <laughs> Straight years through in four by. years? Straight. Yeah, yeah. And, then, mm-hmm. and, and so did you go right into sales from there? Yeah, it, I worked all the way through school and, um, you know, did uh, a lot of things, including uh, waiting tables and all that stuff and tutoring and so forth. Um, and then I started working as a sales manager, and then I started working, you know, doing trade shows, and, you know, I had a knack for it. I liked it. Right. I like entertaining people. Right. I like selling stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fun, kind of fun 10 years. <laughs> so where did the seed for law school come from? You know, I would just have to say it was kind of a deferred dream. So like it was I something always, you had an interest in, but just kind of put on the back burner for a while? I did, yeah. yeah. I put it on the back burner. And where did yeah. you go to law school? I went to Florida. Okay. So we were in law school right at about the same time. I graduated in 2002. You said you graduated in yes. 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you're, so three years up at Florida? Yes. Did you do any moot court, law review, trial team, any of that stuff? I did. I did the international moot court, um, and then I did the um, I did the international journal of law. Oh, wow. So I, wow. I, I was the editor-in-chief of that, so... Did you have any? Did you have any attachment to Tampa yet at that time, or is that something yeah. that kind of happened later? No, I did. I uh, before I went to law school, I worked at Holland and Knight for. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh wow! For about eighteen months. 
Before you went to law school? Yeah, before I went Doing to law what? school. Doing um, what? I, I wouldn't even call myself a paralegal. I think they... I think the official term for me was document clerk or oh, something wow. like that. But I before I, I was married already for all of this. Okay. And by the, before I, um, you know, invested three years in law school, I just really wanted to see what it was like. <laughs> so even being at Holland and Knight, you were still committed to go to law yes, school. Yes, I they went to Holland and Knight. They didn't oh, scare you away from out. it. Yeah. And um and uh, and I was married, like I said, um, and we lived in Tampa. Uh, so I applied to Stetson and the University of Florida. Right. I, I wanted to live somewhere. I mean, my husband had a business. He had to stay in Tampa. Sure. So I wanted to live a, somewhere that was close enough I could drive back on the weekends. Now you have kids, right? I have a son. Yeah, How old we is have he? a son. He's uh, 13. So you had him after law school. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I always I always thought and and maybe you could give me your two cents on this that the people who went into law school married were in a much better position to kind of weather the roller coaster of law school than the single kids because a lot of the single kids were out partying, you know, mm-hmm. didn't know how to manage their time and a lot of the I always remember that the the married students were they were more pot committed to law school than than some of the other kids. Was that your experience? You know, for for me, there were two different things. One was being married and coming home most weeks. I had an apartment in Gainesville. I lived, a, you know, I had my own apartment. Right. Um, but I came home almost every weekend. So. Um, How long I, had you been married by the time you started law school? Um, let's see. I got, um, we're, we're coming up on uh, 23 years of marriage. So, you know, a handful of years yeah. by then. Still, still new. Still pretty yeah. new. Yeah, still when you want to be around each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's tough on a marriage to be um, going back and forth. But so I was both a little bit older, you know, than most of the other students, sure. and also married. Well, that's and you know, uh, Courtney Bose was my in my small group. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh wow, I love Courtney. So Courtney, did you ever work for Catherine Real? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, so I know she worked. I, I'm always amazed that Courtney worked for Catherine Real and. Uh, so many good people. Roberto. Uh, Alberto Romero. Alberto Romero, you know. Phil Wartenberg, I think. Really? I think so. Although I might be getting him con- confused. I, I actually think you're right. And not commenting on anything, but those personalities working at that law firm just always seemed yeah. a little bit, you know, disjointed for me. But anyway. Yeah, so Courtney's last name before she got married was um, Davis, Courtney Davis. Okay. So we were next to each other, Christine Durham. Oh, there you Courtney go, alphabetically. Davis. Okay. Yeah. So what was your first job out of law school? Um, I think I had already been working for a giftware manufacturer based in Berkeley okay. by then. And uh, they had retail stores, and then they also had a wholesale division. Okay. So I just I started doing you know retail. At Out of law school? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought no, you were talking no, about uh, college. No, oh. yeah. No. Okay. Oh, this is great. I started working with Nancy Harris. <laughs> Did you really? I, when I was still in law school. I had no idea about that. Yeah, so I came back. Well, what a great person to work for. Great person. I got an, an introduction to her from somebody that I met at Holland and Knight. And um, so Nancy hired me um, when I was still going back and forth and studying for the bar and all that. And Joe Hunt started working with her right at so you've known the same that, time. So you've known them for that whole this whole time. I think Joe Hunt and I started working with Nancy um, within the same week. I have a major crush on Joe Hunt. I'm going to admit. He's the best. I'm going to go he's go public with that right now. Yeah, he's a he's. I a, have I have. He's the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> well, him and Phil Wartenberg. I just they, the the the. I mean, you guys are a great law firm, great attorneys, very knowledgeable. But you guys have cornered the market on professionalism or class i mean there's there's just kind of a 
a she, uh, there's a shine to you guys that you don't see with everybody. And I, I appreciate it in it's many nice ways because that. it's it's alien to me. And I'm not being self-effacing, but... <laughs> That's very well, I, I, I don't I my bedside manner is not the best. I, you know, could probably shave more and dress a little <laughs> bit better. But I, I appreciate you guys from afar. And I've just always been so amazed how how zealous you guys are able to be as a law firm and as an advocate, while at the same time, almost everybody that has a interaction with you, whether your client or the opposing party really can't come away with anything negative to say, because it's really just the total package. You guys are well-informed, well-educated, well-experienced, and you just handle yourselves with, with you know, top-notch professionalism. So, uh, you that's, know, I, that's very kind of you. Well, I just, you know, there's, there's a lot of firms, you know, I, I tr- always, I have in my mind this kind of pole position of the top three to five firms locally. And, you know, I had Mike Lundy in here earlier and Mike Lundy's mm-hmm. kind of a divisive character because he can be very, you know, very aggressive in the courtroom and stuff. But, you know, they run a, a nice firm and uh, Black yes. and Caballero and yep, all that. Yep, and, yep, yep. Agreed. Uh, so, you know, there's these handful of firms that are kind of the top firms, but I, you guys I'm always kind of seeing the top three. Thank you. So uh, anyway, well, I didn't know yeah, you. I'm lucky to work with uh, with Joe and Nancy for sure. I feel very fortunate. And yes, I worked with her, right, with Nancy and Joe. At the time, the firm was called um, Nancy Hutchison Harris and Associates. Right. So when I so I left law school, did three years at the state attorney's office over in Pinellas County, uh, did two years over in Pinellas, opening up my own shop, and then moved over to Tampa. And at that time, I my office was in Natalie Baird's storage room. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. In yeah, that, um, in that four, uh, um, yeah, which which Jackson and Morgan. By the way, on the third floor was Nancy and Joe. Yes, and, and me then, and. That's, I was there too. Were you really? Yes. Because Vivian and Lawrence were there, and uh, Jason Valkenberg and Miriam yep. Valkenberg, and uh, Nat and Cordley, ba- Corey and Nat Baird, and yep. uh, Miriam Sumter Richard, and yes. now, now Court- Courtney yeah. Bowes. And, you know, it's kind yes. of that, that. Kristen DeMeo used to be yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. It's That's kind of this weird, like. Mike McGinn used to be there. Mike I McGinn. took Mike McGinn's office when they left the building. I Mike and his partner, who I'm drawing a blank on his name. Yeah, me too. At the m- moment. But uh, yeah, I, I took over their office. So that, that little place was kind of. And it's funny, too, because I remember in law school, I did a mediation training. And when Kerry Singletary was at the first floor, he ran yes. his mediation yep. out of the first floor. So that building's this weird kind of rite of passage that everybody flows through. But that's yeah. how I got to know. Nancy and Joe, because I would just see them in the elevator in the parking lot every mm-hmm. day. And yeah, it's been a long time. We were in that building a long time. Yeah. So uh, now you, what's the, what building are you guys in now? Now the we're Wells in the Fargo? Wells Fargo building. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and that's been about what six years, seven years. Uh, that sounds about right. All right. Yeah. All right. So you came out initially and started working for Nancy. I worked with Nancy for about four and a half years. Okay. And then I uh, left there to start my own firm, and I had uh, my own firm for nine years. Now I and that was that was the 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 greater part of my experience with you is when you had your own firm because I think I had when I had that trial with you you had left this would have been in like 2009 2010 I the reason I remember that trial I remember that trial too Well it was right around the time that the laws changed on the gross up method for uh child support and we were ah. that was that was a, a new point of law that we were kind of oh, reading the notes okay. in the statute books and was it Judge Jaraka or Judge I don't remember that, but I remember. It was over in Clearwater, yes. yeah. And uh, so, in any event, uh, and then you had an office that was not Willow Boulevard. 
It, I, it's and then you on had West one Cleveland on, Street. It's and you still, had one on Cleveland, too. Well, I had my first office was on West Cleveland Street. Is that the one that Amber and Paul yeah, are in? Yeah, that okay. Amber and Paul are in. Right, I remember and then, that. And um, I, I moved out of there and got one on South Boulevard. And um, um, and then I moved – then I kept that one, and I rented, and I moved back to the South uh, – the, to the Cleveland Street one where Amber was. Now, does, did Ellie Probasco work with you at some point? Didn't you have a partner? She never associate, worked with but me. But she was in the building. She was in – yeah, we shared office space for, for several years. But did yeah. you ever have a partner and associate, or was it just you I solo? I did, yeah. I, ha- I had two associates. Who mm-hmm. who who were they? Um, I worked with Kim Hamill. Okay. For a, 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 gosh, I – She's at probably three, older money years. now, isn't yep, she? Yeah, she is. Okay. She is. And then who else? Okay. Uh, well, in, in any of it, was Lexi Larkin? I, there's, there, I, I'm no, always, she never worked with me. But, but was in the building. Yeah. Okay, I just, I drive that way home no, a lot. No, she so worked I, with... Um, Ellie. Yes. Okay. She worked with Ellie. So in any event, I was I, so it was kind of caught me off guard when you went to work with with Joe and Nancy. But yeah. now hearing the history, it all makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So uh, how was it that you decided to do that? Was that something that was kind of part of the plan long term, or it just kind of came you up? You know, it, and- it came. Uh, Nancy invited me out for. We always kept in touch. Of course, we left on. I left on good terms. We always kept in touch and continued to cross paths and have cases together and. And really, I considered them both to be mentors of mine, um, Joe and Nancy. And um, and then Nancy invited me out for a glass of wine, and um, just one thing led to another. Yeah. And just the time was right. How has that been for you? Have you no know, looking back? I mean, it's been great being it's part of great. a bigger team. I mean, I always have. It's you, been great. You know, when you run your own, I don't know if this was your experience, but when you run your own shop, you always have this dream of not having to wear every hat. You know. Yes, it, it, it's true. It's 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 really a lot. Um, you know, running your own firm is it is uh, our for our office now has you know enough support staff that I can spend a lot more time doing the things I prefer to do. Sure. Well, that's just it. I always have this joke that I love uh, going up against an associate at a bigger law firm because they will be sending me memorandums of law and case right. law. It's like, I have a leak in the bathroom that I got to go that's fix. Right. And then I got to go figure out how I'm going to pay for marketing tomorrow. And then exactly. my mortgage is due. I might look at this file before I walk into court. And it's just like, you know, exhausting. So, I, you know, I've I've at various points when things get kind of bumpy, I'm like, looking for someone to moor myself to so not by no means am i suggesting that's what your situation was but it's it's always it's always an interesting you know path that that i always wonder when people do that how they go about it um yeah for for me it was um absolutely a, a fantastic move and um and in terms of my space at um west cleveland the the you know the uh the building there Amber moved right in, yeah. you know, right Seamless, away. Seamless, yeah. Seemed, I mean, uh, it's no complaints, no looking back. Nancy's Nancy is mystifying. She's just such a dynamic uh, person. She's um, amazing. Just there's a, you know, the the business part of this they don't teach you in law school, mm-hmm. and really, unless you have a background in it or some help somewhere, you know, I'm always uh, this is the thing that I'm most interested in when I talk to people like you. Mike Lundy, some of these other people, these people who've really succeeded in running a sound business. Mm-hmm. How, you know, was that by trial and error? Was there some intelligent design? You know, so I don't know what Nancy's background. I mean, did was she? Was she? 
an attorney from a very young age, or did she have some background in running business? Or you know, I would I would definitely encourage you to interview talk to her Nancy, sure. because she is fascinating. Well, I would and love to. She is fascinating. Well, we're both as I've, I've expressed to you. I, you know, my wife is is a, is loves going to France. We've been a couple times, mm-hmm. and we talked to Judge Tesci a lot about it. And, oh yeah. And uh, you know, Gary Dolgen and I went and taught there, and and I've talked to Nancy a lot. And I understand she has a place over there, doesn't she? She does. And mm-hmm. she was at, at some point spending a good part of the year yeah. over there. She was. That's, she still. Uh, I mean, you know, of course now we're. Yeah, this year we're, everything's we're, turned everything's upside down. Upside down, but it, it, but she gets it all done. Right, right. So, are you guys doing much trial work? I feel like you guys have. I, I know you're in a higher end cases, and a big part of it seems to me to be collaborative. Is that accurate, or? I would say um, for Nancy, that's true. Okay. A significant part of her business is, or, or of her caseload, the majority of her caseload is um, collaborative. But um, no, we do a, a ton of trial work. Do you really? And, and you also have several associates there too, right? Well, uh, Catherine Scott, who is our partner. Also. Yeah, she's amazing. She's yeah. fantastic. And I got the opportunity to sit next to her and her mother at one of the Florida bar things oh, up in Orlando one year and they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. fantastic. And um, and then Nicole Geringer okay. and Corey Branfin. Okay. Are so six attorneys. Six attorneys. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you're doing trial work, Joe's doing trial work and then yeah, all the associates. Yeah. Okay. Joe is doing um, a, a ton of trial work. Um, I do I do a mixture. I'm kind of a um, jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, jack yeah. of all trades. I enjoy collaborative work. I do a significant amount of it. But I also do trial work. Right. Now, did you get board certified? Am yeah, I? I'm board certified. When yeah. did you do that? Um, I think I'm going on seven years now. My seventh year. I, I So I would have been studying for it around the time that you did it. And my wife got pregnant with my daughter. And so I decided to, to beg off. Yeah. And I've wanted to do it. Number one, because I think just studying for it makes you a better attorney. It does. You're, you're so smart when yeah, you take it. Yeah, yeah. You know everything. <laughs> you know and, everything. And, and, and I've. I've I've grown too uh, dependent on Mark Baseman and and uh, you know some of these other people Lawrence Haas they're yeah, like brilliant guys, yeah, yeah yeah stop texting me um but uh, it's something that I've wanted to go back and do did you did you do it one time or I, I took it twice oh yeah was is it just as crazy as they say it is for me uh, you know it was just very frustrating because I didn't pass by uh, like you know a couple points which by the way points. listening it's like. 20% passage rate? or Yeah, since... I think the, the, the year that I took it, it was a 20% pass rate, and um, the first year. And, uh, you know, it, you, it, it... Way harder than the Florida bar. Yeah. You really have to just put the time in and yeah. do the work and study. Yeah. But well, it was disappointing to have to take it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I've always had this love-hate relationship with family law, and I always have this kind of dream of getting out and just doing personal injury and, and that being the thing that I do, but... As I get older, I'm looking as like this may be kind of what my career is. So I every few years think about doing it, and my son's two now. So if, as he gets a little bit more self sufficient, and I can stow some time away to study, that would that's something I definitely like to do. Yeah, your um, ch- your children are beautiful. Thank you. Well, you, you know, as you, I'm sure you're aware, the the balance, the work life balance, is one of the toughest parts of this job. It trying is. to be a good spouse, be a good parent, be a good worker, be a good advocate, be a good person donate your time i mean you guys do a lot of stuff with your time charitable things don't you we do yeah we do 
So, um, so your husband, I have always thought your husband was kind of an interesting character. I've met him on a number of occasions. I met him at some of Damien's Kentucky Derby parties, oh, yeah, right. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually see him around. He looks like an actor and I can't figure out who it is that he looks like, but he looks like somebody to me. And every time I see him, he just pops out to me, but I see him constantly driving around. So how is it that you met him? What's his name? Uh, his name's Richard. Okay. How'd you meet Richard? He goes by Rich. Rich. And his last name is Moore. They okay. Have different last names. Okay. Um, and we met at a trade show. Oh, because, wow. Uh, he, was he in sales too? He was in sales too. Well, oh. he was a business owner. So okay. he had his own business that he, you know, was um, exhibiting right. wares right. at trade shows and our paths crossed. We dated cross country for several years oh, back wow. before we all had cell phones. Yeah. That must have been interesting. <laughs> it was yeah. interesting. But it's kind of fun. Yeah. And so now he, I think you were saying he does real estate and, and also he's involved in imports, exports, that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, he does. You know he does real estate, um, but he his his business is um, imports and um, from China right now China and Mexico and um, Bangladesh. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I know that that market has been crazy lately just because of the sanitizer and the masks and the hand wipes <laughs> and all that. My I, as I was telling you before the show, my brother in law is involved a little bit in that, and they they always want me to like look over a non-disclosure agreement or look over this. I'm like, I have no idea what that says. And I don't want you to rely on me at all to, you know, (laughs) I have no responsibility with whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. I'm really grateful that my husband has uh, his own lawyers in Hong Kong. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, there you go. And locally. So you said your son is 13? Yeah, he's 13. And where does he go? Well, you don't have to say where he goes to school. Have you thought about what you're... I don't mind. He went to St. John's Episcopal for 10 years, you know, from pre-K-4 up until... Uh, eighth, uh-huh. and now he's going to go to plant. Oh, wow. Have you guys been monitoring what their policy is as far as going back to school in the fall? Uh, yes, we have, and um, it's just so hard to... It's. I think we just have to look at it kind of day by day. I'm, well, as I'm sure you're... Safety-wise. Well, and I'm in family law, you're probably getting a lot of calls from clients about you know, what are we doing for school? Yes. And, you know, that's that's the big debate now that yeah. we're having to settle as family law attorneys mm-hmm. is this one wants to keep the child in virtual school, this one wants to right. put them in, or this one wants to put them at that school or the other school. And I, I don't know your experience since the whole pandemic, but number one, the case, the, the volume's gone up. Has that been your experience? I think the volume's gone up and um, there a lot more, you know, cases relating to timeshare and parental responsibility and conflicts. Yeah, especially where the it's two state parents, you know, someone someone was in Virginia for the summer. Are they coming back to Florida or are they staying in Virginia? Yes, that's it. That's that I have had a couple of calls where uh, a child goes to a parent who lives out of state. And then in one case, the 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 out of state parent didn't want to return the child. Right. Right. Yeah, a lot of that. So do you think this partnership is the end of the line? Do you have any aspirations to, to become judge or anything like that? I mean, I've been... I'm an admirer of many of our judges, and uh, I enjoy my work on the JNC, um, playing a small part to hopefully, you know, um, keep a great judiciary like right. we have. There's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of benches uh, up up this year. I, I'm trying to remember. I've, I think I've done pretty much. I had. There's like two two more candidates in Tampa that I haven't interviewed. But between the county and the circuit bench, it's you've been busy all day. Oh, it's been it's been crazy, and yeah. I, I I feel bad because I seem to have the same conversation with a lot of them. But I've learned so much about the inner workings and the kind of philosophy about 
what they do with judges. And, you know, I always I always wondered why, because I've thought family law is one of the toughest benches to sit oh, on. Me too. And yes. why, why are you putting the brand new people on right. the family law bench? And I think it might have been Greg who uh, educated me that the thinking is, is not saddling a new judge with having to deal with juries yet is one of the, the, the bigger factors there of keeping new judges there. But, uh, you know, I've 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 always I've always been amazed by judges coming into the family bench who never practiced family law. And we've yes. had some great ones and then we've had some not so great ones. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of colleagues and friends that are running and running against each yes. other this year. So, yes, it, it's an unusual year in that way. So and also they, they just aren't able to campaign in traditional ways. Right. Well, that's just it. I, you know, I've, I've had that conversation with a lot of them that uh, some of them who are running for a second time probably came into this thinking, OK, I had one shot at this before. I know mm-hmm. what I'll improve upon from my first time. Right. And then the rug got pulled out from underneath them. And it's a completely different thing. Yeah. How, how have you guys been adapting to the whole COVID as far as how you run your practice? Uh, have you changed who's coming to the office, who's not coming to the office? Yes. For us, we went. We went um, immediately in in March to uh, 100% virtual. Everyone, um, there are 15 of us total in the office, and everyone is set up with um, remote access and, you know, double monitors and a printer and everything that That's we amazing. need. That's amazing, yeah. So we made sure it, and got everybody with the proper setup so they can do their work at home. Of course, VOIP phones. Yeah, sure. And, um, and it, and then many of us go into the office. Uh, some of us very regularly, some more sporadically. But I, I would hope for our clients, the experience has been pretty seamless. Yeah, I, I think for the clients it has, and I've I've just enjoyed mediating over Zoom. I, you yes. know, I've enjoyed status conferences over Zoom. Uh, I'm supposed to have two different evidentiary hearings tomorrow morning over Zoom, and that doesn't thrill me because just putting evidence in, mm-hmm. cross-examining witnesses, and being able to kind of get a feel for their, you know, their candor and that sort of thing that worries me. But I'm really hoping that this kind of is a uh, jumping-off point for changing how we do things. I think it will be. I di- I did a full trial um, week before last. Oh, you did? Who in front of? It was um, in Polk County, Judge Franklin. Oh, okay. A full evidentiary hearing, and it went pretty smooth. Did it? Yes, and I, um, I and I, I think, like you said, Josh, some of our judges have really embraced the technology. Right. I think it's here to stay. Um, some of them are clearly very comfortable with it. Sure. And same with mediations, right? right? I mean, did you ever imagine that we'd be doing so many mediations by I'm Zoom? doing such a high volume. I'm doing far more mediations in a week, number one. And number two, I'm able to, I think I'm a better medi- I'm a better attorney in a mediation because I've got my office right at my fingertips. I mean, as well equipped as you are when you're going to someone's office on a laptop or whatever, mm-hmm. there's just a little bit of a disconnect where I'm here, you know, I can have my paralegal bringing something into me or can you check the file for whatever the yes. network's right there. And mm-hmm. so I found that I'm, I'm more effective in my mediations doing them over Zoom than I am doing them in person. I, I've heard from some of our, um, you know, our more experienced mediators that they really like mediating by zoom because it kind of takes some of the emotional part out of it when everyone's not in the same building that's a good (laughs) point that's a good point no yeah that that is a good point um and maybe that's true in the courtroom too 
Could be, could be. I yeah, I, you know, Mike Lundy had an interesting position. He 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 was of a mind that a lot more things could be just judged on the pleadings and not even need to do via Zoom. And so, you know, I think an overhaul, because I was, I don't know when when this catharsis kind of hit me, but I was driving, I think I was driving down Twigs, and I was looking at the parking lot behind the courthouse, and I was like, <laughs> how many people have to take off work, yes. find childcare, right. fill up their gas, get money for parking, yep. go through a security line, wait for hours, just to say, we need a new court date. And it's, or yes, we've done all of our mandatory yeah, and disclosures. it's and it's so waste. If you just look at it from a from a you know ecological standpoint, just mm-hmm. the fuel, just the the carbon emissions, just the all, just all that stuff for some of these hearings that are so are not arbitrary, but just assembly line that really could get done without all of that rigmarole. But it's hard because I think a lot of people's jobs are security and dealing with that volume of people coming through the the courthouse. So there's probably some pushback on it. But I do think that uh, Zoom case management conferences are here to stay. Yeah, And I, yeah. I hope so because I, it, on top of what you said, I agree with everything that you said, but also then our clients have to pay for I mean, if we have to go from here to Plant City for a hearing for a case management conference, and then they're getting know, billed for all that. They're getting billed, and you have a judge who's running behind, not because of anything that they're doing wrong, but they just got behind in their docket. Yeah. So you know, you could spend three hours on a case management conference. Well, you know, so that that's an interesting segue because you know I, I know a lot of times people place importance on the judge having an experience in the type of law for the bench that they're going to sit on. And, and and that can be important, maybe not. But for me, the bigger factor is, were you in private practice or did you have to run your own shop? Because mm-hmm. a lot of judges, I, I feel like I run into this more in Pinellas than I do in Hillsborough, but don't seem to have the concept of what we have to bill clients and mm-hmm. appearing in several places at one time and mm-hmm. travel time and all these things. You know, I, I not that I... You're never going to get anybody to feel bad for attorneys. You know, they're, they're the last person you want to feel bad for. But, you know, understanding that people have, you know, so a lot of private attorneys have to be in four or five different courthouses in a day. They're charging for ta- travel time. They're charging to wait there. I don't know if having, you know, private attorney calendars versus, you know, pro se or w- mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. can be done. But I, I feel like maybe there's more uh, tailoring that can be curating that can be done there that might help the client out. Never mind the attorney, but the, for sure the, 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 the client, the cost sure. of the client. Right, right, right. right. So uh, one of the conversations that I did you happen to see the movie uh, Divorce Story that's on Netflix with uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam you know Driver? I started watching it and it just was so uh, it hit so close to home. I just couldn't finish it. It's a tough I, one to watch. It's a it tough is one to watch. The most accurate portrayal of the family law. Uh, experience that I have ever seen. Now mm. it's it's in California, New York, so the procedurally mm-hmm. there's a little bit of difference. But mm-hmm. I, I bring that topic up because it started a conversation that I was having with Matt Lundy, and then carried over to a conversation that I had with Mike Lundy mm-hmm. about the way that the family law court deals with uh, parenting issues mm-hmm. and deals mm-hmm. with time sharing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the analogy that I saw is there's an, a, I'm, I'm a big Netflix person. If you couldn't tell, there's a, there's a movie on Netflix, a documentary called the 13th, mm-hmm. which is about the 13th amendment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it talked about how we criminalize drug, uh, issues with drugs, yes. you know, drug abuse uh-huh. and made it a criminal justice or a legal issue rather than a health issue. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I see some correlation with that and how we treat 
parenting, parental alienation, time sharing, yes. all these things. Mm-hmm. And we take parents who might not otherwise be so at odds with each other and put them into this meat grinder where they almost have no choice but to take very extreme positions against each other, hoping to kind of land somewhere in the middle. Is this something you put much thought into? It, 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 it's something I think about all the time. And one of the main reasons I would say that I love the collaborative practice so much, um, I know it's not for everyone, um, and I think there is more that we can do. There's, there's a lot of things that we can do to make it more um, effective for more modest means individuals. But I just love the approach of dealing with issues kind of holistically and always putting the children first. <laughs> I almost wish that there is some mechanism, you know, like uh, like they've started doing in the criminal court, they have drug court. You know, we're mm-hmm, going to treat mm-hmm. you less like a criminal and more like uh, a patient, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some way to do that with the, the parenting component of what we deal with in family law. You know, Mark Baseman had an interesting idea about uh, we're not going to, except for, and I'm probably misquoting him and he'll, he'll blow up my phone later, but um, something about like when we divorce you, we're going to give you a year of 50-50 and kind of see where you guys are at at the end of that year. Because when you're in the middle of litigation, that's the worst time to be making decisions about what you want to be doing as a parent, you know, sure. like kind of let the fire burn out and kind of see where you guys are with some distance from it and, and then make the determination then. And the Lundies were talking about somehow maybe having, you know, either a mandatory guardian ad litem or having some other kind mm-hmm. of investig. You know, like in felony court, they do pre-sentencing investigations with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when someone gets sentenced in felony. It's just it happens as a matter of course. It's not something you have to ask for. It's not something you have to petition the court for. Right. It's just going to happen. So almost if they had a pre-time sharing ruling recommendation, mm-hmm. and you know, I just I think we spend so much time on that stuff, and we do. and it hurts the you know hurts the kids and as a parent you're a parent and doing it as long as we have you know i i don't know what the answer is but it seems like that's due for an overhaul as well i I would agree with that it's it's so difficult i mean of course then you know we we give our clients the the 20 factors you know that the court looks at it's so difficult it's so well and even with those factors i mean those factors were meant to kind of give some uniform uh, analysis to these things, but I haven't found that it probably did that too much. I think it, it, that uh, generally, you know, neither parent is perfect. Right. And, and, and I agree with you that, you know, our system is not set up for, um, for trying to resolve these in a, in a way that's best for the kids. Well, right, and uh, Mark Baseman, he he brought up another good point. He, the the you know the bar that we end up litigating these fantasy versions of what parents should be, you know, and in reality, you know, we kids accidentally touch the oven when you're making them dinner, you know, yes. they've scraped their legs, they get bit by dogs, they you bring them late to school. I mean, they you get know, bug bites. <laughs> they get bug bites. They have all these infe- you know all these things, and you know we go into court and we oh, we have these photos and. Isn't it true that you return this person with this infection? It's like, or their shoes were too small, uh, too small or dirty, or it's like I can. It's all I can do to get my daughter to brush her hair or to get her to school on time. And you know, I remember growing up in the '70s, I used to sleep. My parents had a it was a Buick, and if you remember the the back seats in those days, they had those huge ledges. Oh yeah. 
I I would go lay up there while my dad was smoking, you know, Tarantin 100s and was blowing in the back. And amazing parents, but none of them would survive a a child protective investigation, you know, in this day and age. So nor would uh, would some of us, right? Right. I think that's true. We have good days and bad days, and we hold these parents to these kind of idealistic, you know, uh, bars that no one. Yeah. No one meets that criteria. So anyway, well, um, so what? What about you and your husband? What are you guys into when you're not when you're not, you know, real estate moguls and legal <laughs> legal masterminds? Well, of course, we spend a lot of time with our 13 year old who is uh, really into basketball is and he? Um, you know sports. You know how it is having yeah. kids. You run around after them. Yeah. But uh, we also enjoy a nice dinner out. Um, and we like to travel as yeah. a family. So this is impacting you in a big way between dinner out, travel, and you know your what? son we, wanting we have to go play to basketball. About. Yeah, we really have that. We we feel very very lucky and grateful. Um, you know, there, there there are a lot of people that are in bad shape right now. One hundred percent. But I, I look at it through. You know, I asked my daughter if she kind of cognitively understands what's going on mm-hmm. does it weigh on her is How it something is she? she's concerned about six oh, she's but six, she's six. six going on 18 i mean you know she yeah. she's she's i always joke that i now have my wife in stereo because <laughs> they both get <laughs> on me on both sides yeah, of me and the both other ears. Th- well and not only that but i i get to hear what my wife is upset with me about when i'm not there because she'll say it in front of my daughter and then ah. my daughter re- repeats it to me so uh, you know i always tell my tell my wife that the walls have ears but Anyway, well, I really appreciate you coming on. It's it's I awesome it. to have you come by. Um, I'm glad you're doing well. I'm Thank I'm you. Same I, to you. I'm glad that your practice is thriving. I, I think the three of you are just amazing attorneys and people. And Thank so you. it was a it was a pleasure having you on. Hopefully, you'll put a bug in Joe and Nancy's ear to have them. Oh, I definitely. Joe and I will. are going to talk music the whole time, and Nancy and I will talk France the whole time. But anyway, yeah, you're not going to run out of things to talk about with them. Well, so this <laughs> is sure. the thing with the show is it's, it serves a couple of purposes, some above board, some below board. One thing is it's a Trojan horse for me to get free <laughs> advice from everybody that comes on the show <laughs> and, and kind of learn their trade secrets. So, um, uh, you know, I, I definitely would, would like to hear what they have to say. But thank you again. I appreciate thank you, it. Josh. And best of luck. Thank you. All right. 